Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. I'm talking with women who share their experiences and what they've learned. We talk about where they're taking action, where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, and how they're using their God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. Because every woman of God has a fierce calling, and everybody has a story. So let's tell them to glorify God and share what we know. And I hope this podcast inspires and encourages and challenges other women to step out of their doubt, into their fierce calling, and use their God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. And that's you too, friend. In today's episode, The Power of Living a Life Marked by Joy, I'm talking with my friend, Susie Eller. Susie is a best-selling author, podcast host of More Than Small Talk, and an international speaker. We're talking about her new book, Joy Keeper, and what living a life marked by joy truly means. Today's episode is an emotional one because Susie's heart cry and compassion is deeply evident. Hear about her year called Scarred and what God has been teaching her about true joy. I know what Susie has to say will inspire and encourage you. So listen in while I have a chat with Susie Eller. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm so excited to have my friend Susie Eller on today. She is an amazing woman of God. She has a lot to talk to us about joy and she is a best-selling author, podcast host of More Than Small Talk, an international speaker, and on a personal note, she's a mama, Gaga to six littles, wife to Richard, and a two-time cancer survivor. So she has quite an inspiring story, and I know that you will be so blessed by hearing her today. Hi, Susie. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited about today. Great. I've been looking forward to this, and I have been following Susie's blog for years, and I'm on her email list, so I get all of her (laughs) inspirational posts. So y'all need to check that out. And uh, yeah, it's really great. And so she's written so many wonderful books. I love all of her books. I have the Spirit Spirit Love Heart. Heart, And Mm -hmm. that's amazing for especially such a time as this. But we're going to also talk about this new book that you have out. So yeah, so share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Wow. You know, first of all, I love that. I love that you bringing us to that point as women. I am in a place where I'm looking at us as a church. And first of all, I'm looking at my own heart and I am wondering where the joy has gone. You know, um, we are in a place in our culture to where, and even among my brothers and sisters in Christ, where I think we have forgotten the power of what we've been given you know, and, and I don't say that to point a finger because I look in the mirror when I say that. So where my passion and compassion and, and mission, all of that intersect right now is to remind ourselves that we have work to do, that we have a savior that is um, life-giving and life-changing. And while it is very, very important that we speak into issues and that we stand up for each other, but that we also not forget the power of love Mm -hmm. and and the power of living a life marked by joy. 
you know? Yes. So true. And to keep our eyes on Jesus and your ministry and all that is living free. It is. Because you say we're intended to live free. Yeah. To live free sounds like almost lofty, but it's not. It's a promise. It's the mission statement of Jesus. He came to heal those broken hearts. He came to step into wounds that seem impossible to heal. He came with good news for those who are impoverished in spirit. You know, I look at this last couple of years for me, and when I wrote the book Joy Keeper, which is what we're talking about today, I had no idea. I thought that I was walking through this season that I now look at and called scarred. It was a hard season walking through a grown child who called us and just said, I'm in a dark place. And I don't know how to get out. Walking through my own daughter's breast cancer, walking through these other skirmishes with cancer, I had no idea that this book, Joykeeper, would then one day walk through my own journey with breast cancer again mm-hmm. and walk through a pandemic where nothing we know is it, it, it everything feels unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that. The world is looking at us right now and saying, where's your faith and how is that impacting you? And I look at the early church and I see in the midst of persecution and in the midst of unfamiliarity, I see a thread of joy that is not tied to their circumstances, but it's tied to who they know and what they know. Mm, I love how you said that. And how you brought it back to the scriptures, like how yeah. you brought it back to the early church. Cause like you say, we're the church yeah. and yeah. And, and they did, they had this sense of joy. Well, and it awed the world. It, they, I mean, it's so incredible to see, you know, it talks about in the book of Acts that people looked on this motley crew of ordinary people and they were looking at them and saying, what's going on? Like they shouldn't have joy right now. There should be no joy evident. And yet there is not just joy in their faith, but joy with each other. And, and again, I, I feel like we've lost that. So this, you know, as I wrote Joy Keeper, when I first started writing it, I wrote it from a place of sorrow, walking through sorrow, but finding joy that was tied to something bigger than my circumstances. And now as we walk through a pandemic, as we walk through a place to where it feels easier to lash out at each other rather than to love each other and to listen to each other and to stand up for each other and to find that common denominator of who Jesus is, I I, I think the world looks on at us and says, if that's faith, I'm not sure that's what I want. And I, it's just, it's my prayer. It's the cry of my heart that we rediscover who we are so that the world can find him too. Yeah. I love that. And it's so true that our light shines the brightest in the darkest times. It does. When people say, what in the world? How can you still be looking with hope when there's so much, like the world is just bleak and dark. Yeah. But yeah, we have that. And so just to share that with other people is such a blessing and it's so humbling, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, and there's, 
you know, there are joy stealers that come at us every day. Absolutely. <laughs> every single day. And you asked about my story. I'd, I'd love to share a little bit about the story of this last year. Um, I had sent in my manuscript for Joykeeper. It was something I had discovered these six beautiful truths that tie us to joy in spite of our circumstances. And they had held me through a, a dark season. And like I said, I didn't realize when I sent it in that all of a sudden the world was going to change even more. But on a Thursday, I went in for just a random checkup. It was just my annual checkup. And 28 years ago, I had breast cancer. It was stage three. Um, I went through chemo and radiation and all the things. And I had been given 28 beautiful years. Well, I went in for this just annual checkup. And on the way home, got a phone call and they said, Suze, um, we're sorry to tell you, but we have found cancer again. And, you know, that was hard news. That was really hard news. But also I've been given 28 years. You know what I'm saying? I like I was in such a place of gratitude. And then three days later, um, while we were grappling with that news and trying to figure out what was ahead, which was a double mastectomy and all the things that come with that, my husband called me and I was at home working and he said, Hey, Suze, I'm on my way to the hospital and I don't think I'm going to make it. And I didn't know what he was talking about. I didn't know if he was going to see somebody, if he's about to run out of gas. I mean, I, it just wasn't, my husband runs marathons. He's healthy. He eats healthy. And I said, what, what's going on? And he said, I think I'm having a heart attack. And I was like, so I called an Uber because he's driving, having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, if whatever reason he got trapped between where he was in the hospital, I wanted to be able to find him. And when I did find him, he was at the hospital and he was in the midst of a massive heart attack. So here we are, double mastectomy, double bypass, open heart surgery. Mm -hmm. And I remember that next morning, walking out to find his car that he had parked sideways outside the emergency room because he just barely made it. And we had this freak ice storm that had happened the night before in November. And I couldn't get into the car. And I finally was able to like hatch my way into the car. It was freezing. And then I realized I didn't have an ice scraper. So I turned on the, this is a long story, but I, I turned on the heat to, to like 90 degrees. And all of a sudden it just hit me, you know, that my whole world had just turned upside down and I almost lost my husband and I had cancer again. Mm -hmm. And I began to just cry out to God and say, I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. I don't understand this, but this is what I do know. You are joy and you are here and you are good. And so I'm reaching for you with all that I am. And we have this sacred, sweet moment where I could just come to him as a snot-nosed mess <laughs> and find a sacred place of shelter, you know? And so that just is, this is what the last year has been like. I'm currently in, in treatment and on my way to my third surgery this year. But these six truths have held me tight. You know, joy, yeah. joy is not our circumstances, up, down, pandemic, and, and they're real. But one of the one of the biggest joy stealers we can have 
is that somebody can look at you in the midst of a dark place and they can see you sad or mad or confused and they can try to shut down how you feel because for whatever reason they think that's not faith filled. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that God, not this is a truth. God not only cares how you feel, he created you to feel. Yes. And that's a sacred place that holds you close because you don't have to push it down or put on a mask or pretend that everything is hunky dory, you know, when it's not. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because it's true that God gave us all those, like a whole plethora of emotions. Yeah. And it doesn't mean if we are feeling a certain way that we don't have faith. Like no. that we don't still have Jesus. No. So that no. is so refreshing and free yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, because joy is joy is more than a feeling. You know, mm -hmm. joy's a knowing. I feel sad, but I know where to go. Mm -hmm. I feel confused, but I know how to find direction. Yeah. I, I, I feel angry, but I know that I'm safe because I can express that to God. And he is not going to turn away from me. He's going to help me work through that. And so if we could, as women who love Jesus, understand that what you're feeling right now doesn't make you less than, it doesn't make you mean that you have a lack of faith. It just means it's an indicator that there is a wound or something going on inside of you that we need to not only express to the Lord, but invite him into the midst of that. Mm. That is so golden right there. And the way that you lay this out in your book, yeah. these truths, mm -hmm. because we oftentimes have the wrong perspective on what joy really is, don't we? We do. We, you know, I, I think that I am a joy-filled person by nature. But I found myself in that year called scarred in a place with my face mashed into the carpet, just weeping over a son, weeping over a daughter for very different reasons, feeling very helpless. And some might look at that and say, there's no way that there can be joy in that moment. But what I see all throughout scripture is that sorrow and joy almost dance together like a waltz. It's beautiful that there's sorrow but the joy is found in the deeper reality of God's goodness in the midst of that sorrow or the deeper reality of God's character in the midst of that sorrow. So you look at the early church and you see the sorrow of persecution. And yet because the deeper reality of walking with God through that or walking with Christ through that is on the other side of that, a church was birthed. You know, yeah. what is birthed? through that sorrow. And, and I want to be really careful as I say this, because we can take this out of context and say something like, because we say really, we say really, dumb is the only word I can come. So I'm going to say <laughs> my own. We can, we can say some things that can add a weight onto somebody else. They're in the midst of sorrow. And we'll say something pithy like, well, let's see what God brings out of this, you know, and you, right. you're facing great loss. That's not what you need to hear. You just need to sit with them in their sorrow and be with them. But the reality is there's something powerful about looking back at a place of sorrow and seeing somehow how God redeemed that. Not that he 
created that sorrow, but that he was with you in the midst of that. And that's, that's the entanglement of joy and sorrow. It's not being happy all the time. It's not utopian. It's not pretending like there's nothing wrong. This is facing the sorrow, finding the Savior in the midst of that sorrow, and then one day looking back and saying, oh, my word, <laughs> how he showed up in the midst of that, or what he did in spite of that. And I'm still, you know, I'm in the process of breast cancer right now, and I'm not looking for a silver lining. Mm -hmm. I'm simply looking for him. You know, I'm not trying to live for him. I want to live with him. And, and that's, that's a distinctive difference. That's beautiful and so encouraging because a listener needed to hear that today. Yeah. You know, no matter what we're going through and when you got that phone call yeah. that you were experiencing a reoccurrence yeah, and, you know, and then you look back and said, wow, God was faithful. He was. And, and his people were yeah. faithful. His, you know, I, I look at this, at this season and I don't just see the deeper reality of God's goodness. I see the deeper reality of God's people. And I got to tell mm -hmm. you, you know, in a season where brothers and sisters in Christ are butting heads and maybe speaking in ways that don't reflect God's goodness, that can make you cynical and that can make you confused and doubtful and look at people and go, what in the world? Come on, guys. You know, but I got to see the goodness of God's people because they wrapped around my family in such a tight, tight way during that time. And I, I received uh, emails and letters from strangers who just said, you know what, my daughter and I just knelt this morning and we prayed for you and your husband or, mm -hmm. and, and those would come at moments where maybe I just got a giant hospital bill. Cause I got to tell you a double, double season of <laughs> double mastectomy and double, you know, it hits you in yeah. every way, emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially. And somebody would just send a, a message and it would be like, we prayed this morning. I just need you to know you're okay. You're going to be okay. God's got you. And um, food would show up on my doorstep mm. and it, it was lovely. It, it's been really sweet. It's so powerful how the church through prayer and serving and yes. loving people yes. in the difficult seasons, yeah, it's just like, it just brings the family together. It we're, does. We're a big it, family, right? Yeah. The other day I got to take out some of the, you know, you, you accumulate a lot of plasticware because people are bringing you these meals. <laughs> and so I have this like huge tub of plasticware. And so the other day I got to fill a bunch of that plasticware with food to bring to a friend who she is now going through cancer as well. And I could only leave it on her front porch. I was wearing a mask. But I just thought about the beauty of how this works is that somebody brought me a meal when my husband was in ICU um, after having heart surgery. And now I was able to several months later, bring a meal to another friend. And I just, I think there's beauty in that. Yes, that is so special because God provided you even the containers 
yeah. bless somebody else. Yeah. But, and just a reminder of like those tangible acts, how, what a difference it makes, you know? Yeah. With me, I always love to encourage women and inspire them that whatever actions they take, not to compare that their actions aren't as big or as good oh. or as pleasing to the Lord as other actions are. Yeah. Not true. It That's all makes not. a difference. <laughs> it absolutely, it all makes a difference for sure. Yes. So what is next on your journey? You've written this book, right? Mm -hmm. God had you living this message as you were, you know, mm -hmm. writing this message. Yeah. That's amazing. And it, it's just now like puts a different spin on it when someone reads this book, knowing your story and hearing your story and reading about your story. It is the way that the Holy Spirit just brings it out and knows that each and every reader will get something different from it that they need that yeah. day. Joykeeper has places where you can stop and pause and reflect and confront a joy stealer. One joy stealer is the belief that we have to be on guard 24 seven to um, make sure that our loved ones never fail or fall or hurt. And, you know, that was a joy stealer that I had to confront when my grown child called and said, I'm in this dark place and mom and dad, I don't know what to do. And we watched him walk through recovery and consequences and healing with his family. Mm -hmm. I wanted to fix that. I wanted, I wanted to make that whole. And I realized this truth, God is God and I am not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that there came a place to where there were things that I could do, but I had to release the assignments that weren't mine mm -hmm. so that I could do the ones that were. And so all throughout, all throughout this book, we look at these joy stealers and we confront them with truth. And we step from what we feel, which matters to God, to what we know so that we can be powerfully effective as a joy filled believer. Yes. And that's amazing how you said you had to release those things mm -hmm. that weren't meant for you to do so that you right. could do the things that you were meant for, or you said yeah. it much better than me. But you yeah, no, you said that. listen, it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy because mm -hmm. we definitely want to hold the whole world. And I have to realize that it's not my job to fix social media. Yeah. It's not my job to fix the church. It's not my job to fix my child. It's not my job to fix somebody else's life. But what, what the beauty in this is, is when I release those things, is that the Lord can say to me, but Susie, here is something you can do. Here is something that I've called you to do. Here's an area where I'm working and I'm inviting you into that place because this person or that thing is on my heart. And definitely we have things we can do. Absolutely. But usually we're stretched so tight trying to be God when we're not. We're trying to live somebody else's life when it's their life to live and mistakes to make and consequences to bear, mm -hmm. you know, or that issue. Absolutely. I am, I am someone who is an advocate, but I can't fix the whole world. So what is my part to play? Because when we're trying to fix the whole world, we usually just go underground because we realize we can't but finding what we're meant to do instead of trying to do all the things that are not our role 
is really powerful as well. Yeah. So powerful because it is a joy stealer when we try to do things that we're not called to do. It's exhausting. Yeah. God's like, what in the world are you doing? Okay. Like yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that, is that your assignment? You know, and I, I, I talk about chalk line faith is that I came to the point to where mentally I drew a chalk line around my feet that said, this is your assignment, Suze. And outside of that, that's either God's or that's their assignment. And by doing that, there were times that I would start to take the wheel and I would think, is that my assignment? No, no, that's not my assignment. That's God's. But I can pray and I can, I can act in these other ways that are my assignment. And it was actually very freeing. Yes, that is a great visual because I could see that when you were talking mm -hmm. about it mm -hmm. and it's such a great reminder to just yeah. like not try to do God's job and step out of your circle there around your yeah. feet and let him lead you instead of, you know, trying to, to do things that you're not called to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's precious. Well, thank you. Yeah. I talk often about a time when I spoke at an event and it was finding joy in your calling and I had the women write on little slips of pink paper, like what threatened to steal their joy and yeah. what they, what they wrote. I just, I was just like a blubbering mess by the time I read them all because yeah. we never know what someone else is going through. Yeah. So in yeah. your book, this is so needed and God's timing is so perfect. So yeah. one, one other thing though, I was going to ask you before sure. we get to where, you know, how the listener can connect with you. You talk so much about laughter and yeah. that brings you joy and you want to leave this legacy of a woman who just lived out that joy yeah. with laughter. I do. I, you know, deep belly laugh. I, I, I think that sometimes we look on as our children, maybe at a distance there with somebody else and we see them laughing and we, we say, man, I long to, I long to do that with that child. I think that in some ways that our families, our community are looking at us as believers and saying, I long to laugh with you. I long to find lightness with you. And so I have become a joy noticer in a couple of different ways. One is spiritually, every single morning I ask the Lord, what can I do that will bring you joy today? I mean, it's, my, it's the first question I ask when I wake up. And usually it's the smallest of things. It is surprising how small they are. And yet I know in that moment that brought God joy. But the other thing I do is I have become a joy noticer because we live in a world that is very negative right now and a lot of hard news. And I'll look around and I say, and I, I'll just say, what is this, you know, is there something in this day that I could overlook as I push past or as I take in all the negative? And it has brought such delight to my heart to notice the kindness of a human being or to notice something that maybe my husband does that seems small, but it's really kind or good, or even to notice the goofiness of something and to just have a deep belly laugh about that. And it brings balance to my life. It really, really does. Because we consume so much negative. You know, we just do. Yeah. I love how you were talking about being a joy noticer. Mm-hmm. 
that that yeah. is so intentional you know you're looking for the joy in every day and that is so amazing and the thing yeah. about the laughter you know and how the word says that you know merry heart is good like medicine and yeah god created us for that and yeah a good deep belly laugh and to have permission that we can still laugh when hard things are going on and not feel like we're being judged about that or whatever, you know, you yeah. still have that laughter and laugh and, Oh, and we need it. We desperately need it. We need to laugh with our friends again. We need to be able to, you know, like I said, my heart is advocacy. And so I care very much about all of the issues. I care about my sisters in Christ. I care about inequality and injustice, and I'm going to be on the front lines but what I want to do as I'm doing that is not forget the joy of together. Mm-hmm. I don't want to forget the joy and the power of who God is in us as we confront those dark things. Yeah. And I want, I, I'm desperate for this. And I mean this with all of my heart. I'm desperate for a world to look at faith and those who have faith and call themselves Jesus followers and say, Oh my goodness, there's something going on inside that girl, that woman, or that community, or that church. And I want it to. And so that is that's my heart's prayer over us. It's my heart's prayer over my own life. Is Lord let an outside world look in at us and not just see it, but recognize that it's something deeper and and better and that they desire it. So it's a call. It's a, it's a call to the church. It's a call to my sisters in Christ to live as joy keepers in a way that the world wants to know Jesus too. Yeah, that is so real. And that is where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect right there. Yes. That is a powerful thing. And you, I could just see that emotion that you have this call that is so yeah. strong on your heart and God is using you already. You've impacted so many lives and, Thank you. and I know that, and you were just the most humble, sweetest God's girl. You know, you don't take credit for that. It's all him, but you're a partnering with him yeah. and we do have to say yes. We do have to step out. So it takes action on our part as well. And we get to, that's the yeah. thing is we get to, it's not even that we have to, we get to, yeah. this is a beautiful invitation from mm-hmm. the Lord to return to a place of joy as we work through these really hard things and to scoop up other women, you know, and, and I love this image in revelation of all tongues, all nations, all tribes worshiping the Lord. Mm-hmm. And all of that we're going through as a world right now, I think we're being shaken up to say, we need to do this now. Like yeah. we need to address these now and live in a way that we're not surprised one day when we stand before the Lord and we're worshiping. Today is a call for joy for the community of Christ. Confront these hard things, but with these truths that tie us to something that our joy cannot be taken away. Yeah, that's so amazing. I'm going to start preaching. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, girl, (laughs) preach it. Preach it, girl. (laughs) I love what you had said, and it reminded me of something else that you say, and I think it's part of kind of like your manifesto, is that heal women scoop up other women and run to the cross together. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the whole concept of my ministry, Living Free, is that living free is not, it, it, for years it was living free, but it's living free together, mm. is that there comes a point in your healing, and, and it's pretty early on, where we feel the Lord saying, hey, there's someone else who's walking in your shoes. And maybe right now, somebody who's listening that is in a place of absolute joylessness, mm-hmm. There's somebody who's walking in the shoes you just walked in. Don't leave her behind. Scoop her up. Let her run with you. Come alongside her and run to the cross together because that's where your healing is redeemed. You know, Mm -hmm. for a while, it's all about you. God's doing an amazing work in your heart. But at some point, He turns around and he says, here, let me show you somebody else that is on my heart right now. She's where you were. Grab her. (laughs) Grab her. Don't leave her alone. Go into the highways and the byways and the trenches and the hedges and and scoop her up so that she doesn't feel alone because she's on my heart. And you show her who I was to you in that dark place so that she can find the light too. That's amazing. What a blessing that is for us to be aware of those things and allow God to just, you know, use us in those ways to yeah, to other women that have, you know, that are walking in some hard times. It's our calling. It's our calling. And it's, it's what, it's the beauty of faith is faith was never meant to be adversarial against each other. Faith was always meant to come together, to love each other. And in the midst of that, it's going to be messy and there's going to be things we have to work through because we're human. And, and yet together, we're so much stronger. Hmm. Well, that is a powerful message right there. And I want the listeners to find out where, how they can connect with you, Susie. Sure. There's, there's a few ways. One is you can go to SuzanneEller.com. Susie with a Z, I mean, Suzanne with a Z. You can also find it SuzieEller.com or T Suzanne Eller, but SuzanneEller.com. I'd love to see on Instagram at Suzanne.Eller or Facebook, Suzanne Eller. So fairly. And then I would love Um, since you are a lover of podcasts and this is one of the best ever is I would love for you to just maybe check out more than small talk. Um, I do that with Holly Girth and Jennifer Watson. Two other amazing God girls. (laughs) They really are. (laughs) Yeah, that is so special. And so, yeah, so this has been just so joyful. I don't know if there's another word that I could use that would describe it. I just appreciate you taking time out. I know that you have a lot going on in your life right now and just know that you have this amazing ministry to women that is impacting lives and, you. you know, and then we can continue to pray and lift you up because the enemy isn't happy about that. (laughs) So, you know, but we know that God is able, God is sovereign and he's in control And I just love this book that you have. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. I I think God is calling us all to live as joy keepers. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, friend, for being on. And I hope to have you again sometime. Oh, anytime. All right. Well, you take care and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. 
I hope you were inspired by what Susie had to say. Let's all be intentional about being joy noticers. And if this conversation blessed you, would you share it with a friend? I loved our conversation today about Joy and her new book, Joy Keeper. As Susie said, God is calling us to live as joy keepers. You can connect with Susie at SuzanneEller.com, on Instagram at Suzanne.Eller, and Facebook at Suzanne Eller. You'll find those links and links to her books in the show notes. I'll also include the link for you to pre-order her new book, Joy Keeper, and pick up some amazing free resources. I'd also love to stay connected. So subscribe to this podcast so you'll never miss an episode and check out doraswift.com, hang out for a while, and find those free resources I love to share, like my fear-fighting Bible verses and my ebook, Step Out of Your Doubt and Into Your Calling. Life can be hard, friend, so I'd like to leave you with this encouraging scripture. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Romans 15, 13. I hope you join me next time when I talk with another woman who is taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.